episode of Miss Lisa Knows is powered by Treble Sound Entertainment. Be sure to follow Treble Sound ENT on Instagram and Twitter. Right now, they're running a special. If you buy two or more hours, you get one free. This offer expires on September 18th, so you better hurry up. Visit TrebleSoundENT.com and lock down your time before this offer expires. All these bitches is my sons. And I'ma go and get some bibs for them. A couple formulas, little pretty lids on them. If I had a dick, I would pull it out and piss on them. Let, 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 let me shake it off. I just signed a couple deals, I might break you off. But we ain't making up, I don't need a mediator. Just let that bum blow steam, radiator. Ow, it's episode one of Miss Lissa Knows. I am so excited. It's been some time, but I feel like I had to get my energy right. I had to make sure that I was prepared to do this alone, which is why I'm here by myself, no co-host, no guest. I want to start this slate off clean, fresh, new, and I want to give you a little more insight on my journey and how I got here. So I want to do that by first explaining who I am and introducing, well, reintroducing myself. Growing up in Hell's Kitchen, I feel like molded me to be the person that I am today. Because it's a melting pot, it allowed me to acquire a skill in which I have a personality that transcends beyond race, creed, color, age. I like to say I can mingle with the masses. Even though I have a bold personality, I still have a certain zeal that is appreciated by so many different people. So that, I have to say, is because of Hell's Kitchen. And I have to put Hell's Kitchen on my back because I feel like there's nobody doing that. I mean, Lisa Lisa, Daredevil, maybe Alicia Keys, but nobody's really coming out of Hell's Kitchen and saying, like, hey, like, there's something else happening here beyond Times Square and beyond, like, the clubs. Like, there are actual apartments. Like, I know when I tell people that I'm from Hell's Kitchen, they never, like, they always make the same face. Whenever I tell people I'm from Hell's Kitchen, they always make the same face. It's like, really? Like, they have apartments over there? And it's like, yeah, they do. But just because I'm from Hell's Kitchen also doesn't mean that I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Like, life was hard for me. My parents are from Harlem, so they came to Hell's Kitchen, like, a year before I was born. But I spent summers at my grandmother's house in the project, so I got to see both sides. But I always knew that there was something better for me. Like, I always knew that life wasn't only this. I, even as a child, I always knew that I just had to keep pushing to make something else happen. I remember sitting on my mom's lap when I would miss school and watching talk shows with her. And I feel like that is what honed my skill. Like, that's what made me want to be a talk show host. Like, me watching Richard Bay and Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones and Sally Jesse Raphael and Geraldo and Montel Williams and The Price is Right. All of these things and all of these shows and all of these people groomed me. So... Out of the negative comes a positive because those 
those things made my personality what it is today. Growing up in Hell's Kitchen, having to make things happen on my own, not having parents to fall back on, understanding that life is going to be better if I just work harder at it. I had to start working at a very young age. By 13, I needed clothes. I learned about weaves. I wanted to get tracks. I needed to be cute. I was starting high school soon. Like, life was just getting different. I was babysitting. 16, I started doing, like, some messenger delivery type of stuff. Nothing nothing crazy. I don't want, the, like, the feds watching. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. Then I was um, working at a fast food chain. And then I started doing a lot of retail jobs. So through that, I learned a lot about branding as well because with each job you had to learn to adapt to that brand and their target demographic because I was doing visual merchandising. So I was dressing mannequins. I was um, designing displays and propping product in certain ways to be more appealing to the customer. So you have to learn how to understand supply and demand and understanding who your customer is. How do you appeal to this person? What is your demographic? What is a demographic? Like, I had to learn all of these things hands-on. So while a lot of people went to college to learn what I, I'm doing right now, I took all of my life experiences and used them to catapult me to the levels that I'm trying to get to. And through that retail job, I also ended up meeting my daughter's father. So I meet him and I have a child a year later and I ended up taking a break to raise my daughter. So in taking that break, I'm just like becoming a different woman. I'm a mother now and being a mother is just a, it's a special gift because we come into this world selfish. Like, unless you're a twin, you're not born with someone else to care about other than yourself. And having a child is a different love. Like, I've never loved, like, the love that I have for my daughter. And I do everything that I do for her. Like, I just want her to have the life that I never had, that I wasn't able to have. And even now as I strive to make things happen, I am happy that she gets to see the struggle and see the grind because she's going to appreciate the success as much as I appreciate it because she's going to see the journey. She sees the journey. She's a part of the journey. She feels the journey. Like, she knows that I'm pursuing media domination. <laughs> and she knows that I'm Miss Listen Knows. So I just love her. I went to go support one of my friends at a fashion show. So she was an aspiring model and this fashion show had beautiful garments and the worst host in the history of hosting like he was so dry I don't know if this was his first run it felt like he was a friend of a friend like he was the guy who had to take over emceeing because whoever was supposed to do it didn't show up like it didn't feel like this was his calling and I sat there and was so bored so I asked my friend after the show, like, who put this together? And she showed me who. And here's a little tip. A lot of the times when you want to know who put something together, a lot of the times it's the DJ. I don't know why maybe the DJ just wants to get his music put out there or he just wants to. But a lot of the times it's the DJ. So in this case, it was the DJ. And I went up to him and let him know that his event was really great and I enjoyed it. However, I felt like the host could have been better. And he was like, well, do you feel like you could do better? And I said, yeah. 
And he's like, well, how many shows have you hosted? And I was like, none. But I've, I was born to do this. I need to do this. And he gave me the opportunity, and he was never disappointed. I started out hosting, and I was getting paid. He was so taken aback by my skill. Like, like I'm telling you, I killed my first show. It was a uh, showcase so they had, like, uh, poetry, and they had an open mic with, like, rappers. And it also had a, a fashion show because I guess that was his niche, having the fashion show element in his show as well. And I killed that. And it, from there, it just took off. Like, it was just something that ignited something in my spirit, and I knew that I was doing the right thing. So one day we did something called Lazy Sundays at a store in Harlem, and it was a boutique. And after the show, I did a really great job. After the show, I approached the store manager because the merchandising in the store could have been better. So because I did a great job, of course, they were so open to having me come through and, you know, letting me take a shot at merchandising their store because they had never had someone do their mannequins. Like, they had a sales associate or the manager, like, whoever they wanted, like, just throwing things straight out the box, not steaming anything, not prepping a look, not thinking about a concept. Just put this on a mannequin, hang this up, and that's just what it was. So I knew that I could take the skills that I had from merchandising for all these years and make it into something else, and I did that. And I merchandised at that store for some months. And... Rockaware had a subdivision called Arthur Dodger, and Arthur Dodger was being sold in that store. And they decided to have a launch event for the brands. So when the people came in to prep for the event, me being the merchandising manager, as I called it, even though I had created that position, I wanted to make sure my store was going to be held at a certain standard. It was, which, which is what I told them. And, of course, they were open to having me come and merchandise the store. They were getting labor out of me, and I was just making sure my store, quote-unquote, was going to stay consistent with what I was doing. Like, I had certain folds. I had a certain setup that I just liked, that I just wanted to keep it consistent with what I was building. And they were fine with that. But in doing that, I also developed a relationship with the creative director. And it didn't stop at that one event. He started bringing me to the office and allowing me to pull clothes for photo shoots and just having me around, taking me to events and introducing me to people in the office. And I was there so much that people thought I worked there. Like, I always like to stay busy. I never like to be around and not doing stuff. So I was never the person idle, just sitting in the office, not doing anything. I always had my own laptop. I was always doing my own work for my brand that I I was building. And it wasn't a multimedia. Um, it wasn't about uh, media. It was a branding, marketing firm that I had created called No Image, K-N-O-W-I-M-A-G-E. And at that point, I wasn't even Miss Lissa. I was just Melissa. Sometimes Melissa Kiana when I was doing the media thing, but just Melissa. And people started thinking that I worked at Rock Nation. And it's something in this industry that is real, and that's fake it till you make it. And perception is reality. So I use that to my benefit. Like, 
I never said, yeah, I work, I work at Rockaware, yeah, I work at Rock Nation, but when people thought I worked there, I never corrected them. And when doors started opening because people were thinking that I worked at this company, I did have the backing of people at the company. Like, nobody ever stopped me, so I would use it to get other opportunities. And if you're not getting paid for something, you should get paid from it. I think that's the saying. And if it's not that, it's the other way around. Basically, if you're not getting paid because you're doing a specific job, because people see you doing that job, you should get other jobs that are paying. And that was happening for me. And I was learning a lot of things. I was doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work. I was doing things with This Is 50. I was doing things with um, Black Ink. I was pulling clothes from different brands. I was organizing photo shoots. I was working with artists. I was helping people to brand themselves. And I had a show on a station called PNC Radio, The Miss Listen No Show. And that was a great platform for me. It, it was the beginning of me honing in on my, my interviewing skills because I had the live show down to a science. Like, that's still something that I love to do. But interviews were a little more difficult because when you don't care about the person that you're interviewing, you could tell. So your the questions are generic or your energy isn't like all in. So I love doing that show because it was a great way for me to learn how to be a better media personality without me having so much scrutiny because it wasn't on a big platform. Well, so I thought because I was still getting attention but everything took a turn when I got a message from TMZ one day but let's talk more about that after a break you're locked into Miss Listen Knows don't forget this episode is powered by Treble Sound Entertainment go to their website treblesoundent.com and if you lock down two or more hours you get one free and don't forget to let them know Miss Lissa sent ya and we're back. Before we went to break, I was talking about TMZ, which was a real transformative point in my career because it allowed people to see me consistently on a major network. It got me five steps closer to my goal of having a talk show that's going to be on daily. And now... I've most recently been on Street Soldiers, and that to me was even grander because my grandmother called me just to let me know how proud she was that I had a 30-minute special. Like, she turned me into, like, Eddie Murphy or Red Fox or somebody. Like, I, in my grandmother's mind, I had a 30-minute special. So now here I am with this show, and prior to this, I've been the passenger in so many different people's cars, and now I'm taking this moment to grab that wheel and drive this car. I'm gonna be highlighting more women, especially like women who are very influential to my journey, and also women who are not always highlighted. I feel like we're so focused on the quote-unquote stars that were missing the actual light, the people behind the scenes. So I do want to start tapping into not only the celebrity, but the person behind the celebrity. And I want to highlight more influential women. And until next time, I'm so appreciative of you guys for sitting with me and going through this journey. I feel like after this sit-down that I had with myself, 
all questions will be answered. You now know who I am, how I got here, and what I plan on doing moving forward. So just sit back and keep listening each week. You can pop the show in as you're driving to work, as you're at work, after work, before you go to bed. Until next time, I want to leave you with this. Thank you so much for always believing in me and allowing me to be who I truly am. This journey wouldn't be the same without that. And just know, a great future doesn't require a great past. So don't get stuck in the mud. Push forward. It's your girl, Miss Lissa. Al.